Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Catfish Corner. Different voice here. This is Joe Rexroad. I'm here with Paul Skirbina, our Predators beat writer. I'm sitting in Tommy D's seat. Keeping it warm. He's keeping yeah, it warm. Yeah. He'll be back tonight, I think, on Thursday when we're recording this. So he's flying all over the the eastern seaboard. And we're uh we're heading toward the playoffs here, Paul. Thank so goodness. It's, yeah. It's I hit a wall in January and then I, I'm refreshed in February and I hit another wall in March. So I'm ready for April to begin in earnest. Well, to continue in earnest anyway. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we, we have no idea who the Predators are going to play for sure yet. We have a pretty good idea. But I think there's a, you know, there's a lot of things going on with this team um, that are going to have implications in the playoffs. Um, you know, we've, we've talked about P.K. Subban kind of coming back from that injury that, that really slowed him down this year. Um, we've talked about the second line and, and how the importance of them performing. Uh, we've talked about the goalie situation. Um, and that's something that is intriguing to me, and I, I kind of want to start with that because I think I, I looked this up um, a couple weeks ago. I don't think another goalie has started a playoff game for the Predators since 2008 or 2009 other than Pekka. And this, you know, who was that? I, I don't know. That's you know, I was. I'm gonna was, I'm gonna find that right now. You should find that because I sh- maybe I should know that. I, I knew it at one point, and then it, it kind of exited my brain because there's only so much room. Yeah, well, there. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's just trivia, but I, it's just interesting to me. Was it Chris Mason possibly? It was, it was not Chris. I don't believe it was Chris Mason because um, that I would remember. At any rate, <clears throat> you know, Pekka struggled in the second round last year. He started off well this year. Had a little bit of a, a struggle patch there in, in uh, December, January. He's been playing pretty well of late. The question I have is if Pekka struggles in, in, during any part of a playoff series, will Peter Laviolette have the um, gumption to put UC Saros in and start him? And I think this is a season where you can make a legitimate case for it if Pekka struggles. I'm not suggesting UC should start the playoffs no, and he a won't. starter, and he won't. But and I and, and I, rec- I harken back to 2015 when the, when the Blackhawks were on their run to the Cup and Corey Crawford against the Predators was pulled in favor of of Scott Darling for a couple of games like two two and a half games maybe whatever it was and he flipped <clears> that <throat> game whatever game that was totally flipped it totally flipped it you see capable of doing the same thing I think there's a lot of trust in him and it's an interesting question for me because the, there's a very real possibility that Pekka could go into the playoffs and be Pekka or he could go into the playoffs and have a hard time. So there's a, there's a, you know, nothing is set in stone as much as it has been in the past. I think this year would be the year. And I like even look at next year, but for right now, you know, is, is, is the time when maybe UC could possibly take over. But if Peck was playing well, fine, leave him in there. But if he's not, I'm just interested to see if they'll pull the plug on him and then try UC in there. And, and it's been over a decade since anybody else has been a starter for them in the playoffs. So that's just something I, you know, my brain is wired that way, and I think about these kinds of things. And I've talked to both guys about it. And, you know, Pekka, of course, is going to be diplomatic. And if UC deserves to play and UC is going to be, you know, I'm the backup, and, uh, you know. But 
you know, so that's why we talk about these things because those guys don't want to. And I, I'm interested to see you're, you know, you've been around the team a, a little bit longer than I have, and, and kind of have a, a pretty good temperature of it. I mean, do, do you foresee that being a possibility? Well, first of all, we know Peter Laviolette's not shy about pulling Becca in the playoffs. I mean, my goodness, it seems like it was 10 seconds in a game seven against Winnipeg last. And, and I understand why. I mean, a soft goal gets in, and all of a sudden it just starts spiraling. But I believe, I mean, he pulled him. I want to say he's pulled him in the last three playoff series a handful of times or so. I think that I, includes Pittsburgh, of course, in the Stanley Cup final in 17, but he pulled him in, in the Colorado series too. That's and, different. It's different, right. And, and also, but, and I think that a lot of that pulling has been done lately because in Pekka's, I want to say only seven or eight or nine times he's been pulled from a playoff game. And, and I bet you five or six of those have been in the last three years. It, like last two years, yeah. exactly. So, no, I do. I think it's a great question. I think there's no question Pekka starts. And I think, honestly, a few weeks ago, Paul, I'm watching Pekka and I'm thinking, you know, you always wonder what these guys, everybody talks about that cliff. And like, he's past, oh, the, he's past that stage. Right, he's right past the it. age. Right. But now, of course, he is playing better. So, uh, you know, it's. I, I think, I guess you could call it a quick hook. But no, I, I really don't think, like if, if Pekka were to have a couple bad starts in a row and he had to pull him one of them or whatever, I don't think it's far-fetched at all that Laviolette would start Soros in a game. And maybe – you know at some point along the way here it's going to be that transition and not easy. No. Not easy for either of no, them really. For, any, for anybody. But probably right. as – they'll probably handle it about as well as anyone could because they are genuinely close and Pekka's genuinely a good dude and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I think I think this is that – and you know what? You think about the workload goaltenders. If you ha- make a run, like you think about in the regular season, how people think about goaltender rest and what you need to do. Right. And if you make a run in the postseason and you're the one guy in goal the whole time, that's unbelievably grueling, especially if you're his age. So, hey, I mean, no one wants the quote unquote the two goalie approach, but sometimes it it can work. And we've seen other teams that have gone one way, gone the other. Pittsburgh, Washington. So I. I I think absolutely. Uh, oh, it's been, close, and UC's been playing, and, and everybody knows. I mean, goaltending is you know usually in the playoffs. That's what's going to carry you. Uh, so, which leads me to my next question. So, and, and almost as important, but not quite as, as important as goaltending is, is secondary scoring production from you know beyond Johansson and, and, and Arvidsson and Forsberg. It's been a point of contention all year because they haven't had their whole team together, right? So it's, it's been a lot of moving parts. Now they finally have everybody. It, you know, it, 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 as the clock strikes midnight here, and, and you look, Kyle Turris has stru- just had a horrible season. He's been hurt. He's been unproductive. He's been hurt. He's been, he's been a healthy scratch. He's been healthy. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch and not happy about it and not afraid to uh, express some of those feelings with me, which kind of surprised me because Kyle's a really quiet, yeah. you know, at least from, from, from how I know him um, and been around him, never one to kind of stir the pot. I and mean, he was pretty pretty ticked off about being scratched and and you know basically told me it, i don't think it can do me any good you know what, what they're doing but he's the coach and that's the way it goes and david poyle has been pretty he's been pretty critical of kyle's play as well kyle's a guy and and and, and this ties in with the grandland trade so the, the, these two guys on this second line if the predators are going to succeed they have to get production from these guys and we've started to see a little bit in the last couple of games but we've seen that before and then it disappears Granlin's another guy who's who really has, and, and and some of it's no fault of his own. Really hasn't done much since he's been here. I mean, he just, you know what what you think you're getting, and maybe what they might get in the future, 
is what they expect. But right now, it's about time. It, it, the guy, it, it's time if he's gonna if he's gonna want to play for another his next contract here. Um, he might want to start doing it now. And and you know what? Some of his issues have been with you know who he's been paired with, and it's been inconsistent. They don't necessarily you know because of the moving of the lines, it, it hasn't necessarily complemented his game really well. But you know, I I, I liked when when they. And this is a crazy, you know, Peter hates to do this, but, you know, I, I like to see Granlin try it out on that top. I would have liked to have seen it. At this point, no point in doing it, but I, like, I would like to have seen him up there in the top line and maybe move Arvidsson down or move one of those guys down who makes other players better around yeah, him. Arvidsson right? makes every line better. Right. So moving him is not as big a risk as but, – but here's the other, the other side of that coin is you know what you're getting with those three guys at the top. Why would you mess with it? So, you know, that's that's why he's a coach and we're we're uh, armchair not. quarterbacks and <laughs> not coaches. But and, and he gets paid a lot of money to make those decisions. But the, the the reality is if that line doesn't produce and they don't get some 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 help for that top line, I, I, I don't see them going very far in the playoffs at all. Yeah, and no, I agree. I mean, I think that's the number one personnel thing. You mentioned P.K. earlier, P.K. Subban, and I, mean, I thought he looked a little quicker in the Buffalo game. I also thought the second line looked like it was creating some stuff generating some stuff some nice you know little plays in there between uh, Turris and Granlin I mean Kyle Turris is is the you think about what they gave up what they're paying they signed him the long-term deal look I don't I think he might not be here next year I think they might try to try and I know it's trading it a little I, I just there's something going on there I get a sense I don't know this for sure but I get a sense there's something going on there where he's not happy and they're not happy with him, and you know, for, for whatever reason, uh, the reasons those may be, I think there's a good possibility he might not be here next but, year. But well, that's well. First of all, with that, with his deal and the way things have kind of fallen off for him in the last year and a half, what are you getting back for him? You know, that's one question there. I mean, it's it's an in- salary cap space, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, the thing with him, like you said, like with Fiala, you know, if you're around, like. I, I obviously he frustrated them. He frustrated Peter. Peter would, you know, again, basically openly punish or try to motivate him with lineup stuff. Turris is a guy. I mean, you'd, you know, unlike Fiala, who Fiala didn't hand, Fiala didn't handle it well as a young player when he's going back to Milwaukee. You know, he at, at times a guy maybe I don't want to say like you know he's, he's a tough bit, to deal with, but but he's not, a little bit of a diva. There you go. That I think you just put it perfectly. Tourist, not at all. Like, no. Tourist is like, yeah, absolutely you know, as, he's a as veteran guy. Oh, shucks, nice guy as you find in a hockey locker room. But, I mean, it's about getting it done. And Poyle, as you've noticed this year on the beat, like you just said, I mean, Poyle will publicly, I don't know if he's blasting guys, but he will say what he thinks about players when they're not performing well. And, I mean, it's fair with Tourist. I don't. And, and I you just, know what, Kyle? And Kyle knows it's fair. I mean, I've, and I've, I've had some conversations with Kyle where he. You know, it's basically said, yeah, I, I've been bad this year. I really, you know, and 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 I, look, none of these guys want to be bad. None of these guys. It's not like they're not trying. It's not like you know, it, it's not a lack of effort or not caring. I think it's just sometimes you just have a bad day or a bad season, and, and injuries happen, and things bother you, and you don't say anything about them. And there's a lot of things that go on that go into it, right? So I try to I try to take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, they're paying this guy six million dollars a year. And they're getting, they're not getting their money, their their money's worth out of him. He knows that, they know that. But at this time of the year is the time of the year that you could make your money and you earn your money. And and, and so it's time for him to do that. Um, 
and, and we'll see if he does. If he does, if that line is good, because look, I like the but you know Watson's Sisson's line no, no underneath question. that the fourth line you know with, with Boyle and, and you know speaking of guys who haven't done much since they've got here, Simmons is another guy. I mean Boyle's been their best trade so far, right up to this point, and I think that's not really good for them. And 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 Boyle's brought a lot to the table, but. When you get a Simmons, who I think will probably only be here for one year, and you get Granlin, who's supposed to be you know a, a more mature Fiala and and and, and polished Fiala, um, you know I, I think you you have to get more out of those guys, and there's, the time's running out. I mean, we've been saying this for two months now that you know or a month and a half that you're waiting and waiting and waiting, but how, how much time do you have to wait? Yeah, that's well, here it is. You know, I mean, with tourists too, like obviously significant injury this year and so you always keep that in mind I mean I think with Subban I think Subban has been laboring a lot of this year and has not been himself because of I don't know if he came back too early but whatever out of shape because of the injury or whatever it is but with Tourist the problem is you go back to last postseason and you think especially of that Winnipeg series and he just was physically overmatched he just made no impact at all which makes which which is even more puzzling because before he got here he was really obviously you know they, they paid the, they paid the man his money and right? he was great early he was great when he first yeah. got to nashville and and then what happened you know i i don't know if it's been injuries ever since i i have a hard time believing that it's just that i i you know i just i don't know the psychology of it all i do know you know look i'm not a, i don't look at things in black and white all the time i know there's a lot more involved but the black and white says six million dollars. This guy's not doing anything, and so you know. And what and what do you do with them, right? Like, and that's the other thing that you know with coaches, you move him down, moving a guy down to the fourth line is that is it, he's just not. That's not his game, right. and so I, it's it's not going to help your team. Or do you just keep sticking him in the same spot and hoping he starts producing, or do you just take him out and you know scratch him a couple games and that? Well, they they've done all that. They've done it, and nothing is working. So you know, on the whole, now lately. You know, we tend to live in the oh, they played really great last game, but look who they played in the last game. I mean, they they played the Sabers, who were awful. Um, so that, none of that, you know, you look at it over the, the body of work over the course of the season. And PK, you know, PK's had a if you look at the numbers, not a great season for PK. PK also missed a lot of time, and I agree with you. I think he's he's labored a lot. <clears throat> you know, for all the grief he gets for doing all that for for being the PK brand, which I fully endorse. I wish more hockey players did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think any of that has any influence or any impact on what he's doing. On I think the the, the man was hurt badly. I, he came out. I remember the, I remember this vividly because we were it was, we were in Canada where they had back back to back. He got pulled out of one game, went to the dressing room, came back that game, played the next night, and left again. So there was something going on, right? <clears throat> that was obviously bothering him. He tried to play through it, didn't work. Sat out a long time, and it was funny that the, the game before he came back, I was. This was really strange for me. Um, the only other experience I've ever had like this, and it's not the same experience, but I covered a Duke North Carolina game once, and I was sitting in with the Cameron Crazies, and, and the students there are like reading. Yeah, they you, spit on your neck when yeah. you're screaming. And oh they, yeah, they, they read your they copy. They read your stuff yeah. when you're writing. Well, I was writing something right before PK came back, and he was standing behind me in the press box reading what I was writing, <laughs> and he said, "Oh my, I, I missed, I missed 19 games. I did. It doesn't seem like 19 games. I'm, you know, and and it was kind of, I was kind of jarred a little bit, but." He has said it's you know it's taken him some time to get back. Uh, he gained some weight when he was you know when when he was out because he wasn't able to to skate and and keep in conditioning, which is a good transition to what I want to talk about next. But but PK I think will be fine. And for whatever reason around here I I don't know I don't have a 
maybe I don't have a great grasp on it, but for whatever reason, pe- people love to hate PK Subban. Even in Nashville, I, I just don't think he's that beloved. People here. jump. Well, it, I, well, that's an interesting. That's I don't know if I. I think there's a lot of people who love him a lot. I do think that his mistakes are jumped on by some fans more than other players' mistakes are. That's from day one, and people always want to. I mean, there was a big. You know, I got into a big thing with Jared Stillman last year because he's like, well, we don't know that he's not a locker room cancer. And I'm like, Jared, yeah, we do. Actually, you're you're completely wrong because someone in Canada threw out the PK might be traded. Poyle's looking to trade him. And, oh, you know, him in that locker room going back to Montreal. And it's like, well, look, he's not perfect as a player. And I'm sure sometimes the guys get a little annoyed by him or whatever, dude. The, the guy is it's there's nothing there at all, zero. Here's what, but here, people want to still kind of dip into that stuff. Here's what, and I and I and I I've just blatantly asked players about it, and I asked Peter about it, and Peter looked at me and said, "We knew what we were getting when we got PK Subban. None of the none of the the, the PK being PK stuff, which is PK is very smart and he's a brand and he understands that and he you know he shoots a lot of video of himself and goes on Instagram and 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 I think that's great, right? Because I'm I'm just I, I think differently, but but Peter said PK has never been an issue, with, you know, a, a big issue in the locker room or anything. We we know what we're getting and we and as long as he plays well. We don't care what he does. He can go host, you know, the late show if he wants. It doesn't, you know, they they got him for the hockey player. He's a damn good hockey player, and so and I think his team, you know, these guys aren't dumb. They know they know the personalities that are on that, you know, on that team. And I haven't look. I don't know that, you know. I've heard you always hear rumors, you know, that Fiala wasn't maybe he wasn't really well loved in the locker room or whatever. I mean, gosh, since they've played him every time, you're like, gee, these guys really dislike him or what? <laughs> Taking every shot they can get at him, man. But uh, no, but you know, I, I don't pretend to understand what goes on there if, if if I don't see it myself. So and and you can, but you but do, you would hear it. That's the you, thing. You know, as a beat writer, that if there's something there, you you'll you, hear it. You hear it, and you because we have a lot of conversations with guys that are not shared publicly and yeah. just about and, and you get, and also you get a sense. You get a you, you know you when you're around guys you get a sense how they how they talk to each other and treat each other and i look you know pk to me is 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 a great hockey player and great entertainment and like i said i wish nhl had more players like him now speaking hold on of, hold on i, I want to add one thing to that because it bring reminds me of a story um uh the, the whole pk doing all this stuff and and oh because that's the thing it's like okay is it compromising your hockey so you should cover this coach at Michigan State, John L. Smith. You may remember him a little bit, a little bit wacky. But you know, one summer during the you know the dead period for everything, you know, like he went he went and climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. You know, he and his son, you know, a big group, and they went and they spent like whatever a week in Africa, and they did this huge thing. So then the next year they, they're not good, and people go nuts, and it's keep people keep coming back to the Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. It's like, do you know that all the other coaches they were just playing golf? Right. So basically, because he did something that we see, right? Oh, he doesn't care. What do you think? You think the other coaches are breaking down film all summer long? We can you know, see they're not it. going to the lake house. We can see I mean, it, so we can criticize it. Yeah, exactly, that's, that's and that's where it's with Subban reminds me of that because it's like because these other guys are like Pekka's going home and like cooking salmon for UC or whatever. Right. You know, guys are hanging out, doing whatever they're doing, going, you know, going to top golf. And but PK's because he's out, doing and, these things yeah. that are, it's like, oh, you know, it's, just, it's annoying. But it anyway, is, go ahead. It is annoying. And, and I, and I covered a, a similar personality in, in Joe Madden, the Cubs manager who 
is not you know he's he's uh he draws a lot of attention to himself and in a lot of ways when when the cubs were winning everybody loved him and all of a sudden when they're not winning the world series it's like well this guy you got to get him out of here he's you know but he's the same guy through through it all right and that's what i respect that like you know you know what i mean like if you know somebody you know what to expect whether you like him or not i can respect that um austin watson's back yeah uh, and looking like he never really left um which is good news for the predators because he's one of their best players in the playoffs last season um and I mean, you know, they went out and got Wayne Simmons, a physical force. They went out and got Brian Boyle, you know, a physical guy. But and Austin they still Watson, have Austin Watson. And, they, and, they, and, and adding Austin to that mix, I think, does a lot for the penalty kill. It does a lot a lot in a lot of ways that don't maybe show up on the old score sheet all the time. Um, you know, and, and we've talked ad nauseum about everything he's gone through. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking the hockey here because um, we have addressed all the other things purely from a hockey standpoint I, um, you know if he's in good shape and he, he keeps playing like he's playing um, you know that's like that's like almost getting a, a making a good trade at this point in the season getting getting somebody like him back of his caliber the timely block shot just different thing, little things he does that and, mean and, a lot and there can you know and it's it's kind of cliche in sports but but you know we, I've we were talking to some guys yesterday or the day before about how I think it was yesterday about how he his play is contagious like right like he's and look, everybody that I've ever talked to in that locker room, we talk about how people are respected in a locker room. You know, first and foremost, of course, they want the person to be fine and all that, and they all do. But as a hockey player, he really gets his team fired up. He's one of those guys, right? Like he's not the fancy, he's not Arvidsson, he's not PK, he's not a big, but he's a guy. He's like the, that 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 spark plug or that ignition that you know they see him throwing his body around. And, and Matthias Eckholm was joking yesterday about the, the block shot. And Matthias says, well, you know, I don't really know how that feels because I don't do that. <laughs> but I do, we do appreciate having guys who do. And you, you, you have a guy like Wayne Simmons who's, you know, not afraid to take that abuse or dish it out. That's huge in the playoffs, especially after what happened last year. I think the, the Well, especially if they play Winnipeg because and, that's what you need everybody that's willing and, to smash with somebody that you can get. And St. Louis is a lot the same way in, in, in yeah. that regard, too. And I think that you know, Poyle was determined not to be out physically, physically manhandled during this postseason. Whether they win or lose, I don't think you're going to see them getting thrown all over the place anymore. Because now, the caliber of of the players that the Jets have, I think you know, with the size and the speed, is probably a little bit better. But you know, I I do you know, being my first season here and kind of learning things and looking back at the history, you know, David made moves. At the time, now maybe in retrospect, you're looking and saying, "Oh, well, you guys haven't done anything," which we've talked about. But he had the right; he has the right idea. He knows what holes they have, and he's not thinking about the regular season. He was his eyes were when he made those trades were all on the postseason and all on the Jets, basically. Yeah, because I mean, last year when they played their best and had their most success was when Peter, well, in one game he pulled Fiala and he put in Scott Hartnell. Scott Hartnell on the road in those games. They needed that physicality badly. I mean, last year's team, it was more built to be fast. The tourists, you know, that line was really good. But then in this in that series, it was just like, man, it was not. It was just not there. So, yeah, no, no question. I mean, it's about that. It's about that particular matchup. And you're right. I mean, St. Louis is a that's a heavy series too. If it gets to that, so it's, it definitely is. And, and we'll we'll find all that out this weekend, and we'll come back again early next week and and talk about. Once we know where you're going to have me back on here now, am I, am I, 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 I'm going to be like in your grill all the time now, man. Well, we, well the playoffs so are here. You gotta, the you. columnist got to show up now. That's right. That's it. <laughs> right. The fancy columnist has to show up now. Basketball season's over, so 
Uh, is that are we good? I, th- I think we're good. All right, that was good. a good good catfish corner. All right, so thanks for listening, everybody. We'll, yeah, we will be back next week with a uh, with a playoff preview episode real fast. So thanks for listening. Until then. <laughs>